when I walk back into the zendo in the middle of a period of sitting, usually uh, after dokusan, I've just left the world of talking and thinking in the dokusan room. And I come into the zendo that's uh, already in progress. And it is just so still. It's just no activity. I was going to say one activity, but this Zazen is no activity. It is just still. And yet there's an energy. Uh, Maybe it's the, the term that we use, zeal, um, which sounds like a lot of activity, but there's the zeal of our, of our meditation, the, the right effort that doesn't tire us out, that doesn't, doesn't burn us out. It just radiates. Maybe it's our human, our humanness all here together doing one harmonious activity, the activity of stillness, the activity of ease and joy all together. For me, that's another example of, of our practice this week of exploring <clears throat> what, what um, Shakyamuni said, um, I and all the earth and all beings together attain the Buddha way. Um, Kazan has asked us to really explore that I and the and. This, this solid activity of no separation, just stillness, uh, just breath after breath might be the eye and the energy that we feel that connects us in this harmonious way. Uh, we might think of as the and, and yet it's, as we, as we uh, know, it, it's, it's not two. There's just this sitting, just this zazen. Um, Suzuki had a, a, another metaphor um, for this, I and and, this not to, those weren't his words. Um, it's, it's, it's his famous metaphor of, of the waterfall uh, that, he, that he says kind of describes existence, the beginningless of 
this long river of existence. Um, and maybe there's a waterfall where briefly splashes out individual individual um, drops of the river, which is kind of us, each an individual shining, glimmering drop of the river of existence that has no beginning, that has no end. And of course, we know in our heads that at no time are these drops not part of the river. It's just uh, the activity of the river becomes us luminous beings. And then at some point, the drops rejoin the river at the, at the bottom of the, the bottom of the, the rocky, the rocky slope. But at no time has there been nothing but the river. I, I think I think that's a good metaphor for this mind of I and and just the river, and yet you see a little beads of light sometimes. The activity of the river, the activity of this river, without beginning and without end. I want to continue with our look at Kazan and his, his description of the transmission of light. We're going to uh, look today at uh, our ancestor Prajñatara. Um, Prajñatara is now uh, the scholars are now are now finding evidence that Prajñatara uh, was was a woman. Um, it's not she's not identified as a woman in in uh, Kazan transmission of light or Lex Hickson's. Um, commentary on Kazan's commentary or any of the other, you know, there's many, there's many uh, transmission of light volumes in China and Japan and Korea that, uh, that uh, tell the story of uh, the lineage of ancestors. Um, Prajnatara is not identified as a woman in any of the historical literature. And I just, I don't know uh, how the scholars are finding that out, but it's uh, it it is being written. You know, maybe historically uh, the ancestors didn't want to ruin their streak, and so they just made Prajnatara another one of the guys. Uh, but uh, and and I'm going to sort of be reading both both. Um, Kazan and Lex Hickson, and they use 
the masculine pronoun, I'll, I'll try to use uh, she and her if, if, I, if I can. Forgive me if, uh, if, I, um, if I forget. We'll take a look at um, the opening story out of Lex Hickson. The teacher before Prajnatara from whom she receives um, uh, transmission was, um, was Punyatara. Punyamitra. Um, Punyamitra approaches a homeless youth who he clearly recognizes as his destined spiritual inheritor, and he throws open the door of light. So Prajnatara is described as um, as a homeless youth that meets um, Punyamitra. And uh, the teacher asks her, do you remember the ancient path? The reply comes forth spontaneously without thought. I remember being with you in another eon Reverend, revered sage, you were silently radiating Mahaprajna, primordial wisdom, and I was chanting melodiously its ultimate expression, the Heart Sutra. Our present meeting is a mirror reflection of the previous one, complete and instantaneous transmission is now confirmed by thundering silence. They recognize each other from a former meeting in past lives. Um, she's given the name Prajnatara, which means transportation of wisdom because she has transported wisdom from another eon, their first meeting, into their next meeting and uh, her life of, of, of teaching as a, um, as a uh, transmitted Dharma heir, Prajnatara, transportation, transporting wisdom Um, Kazan, Kazan wants to go on and, and really make two points out of this, out of this transmission story. Um, one is this timelessness of the Dharma um, and, and the fact that uh, all, all of our ancestors are right here uh, sitting with us and studying the Dharma with us. 
giving us advice, maybe tugging on our robes a little bit. Uh, 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 they're right here. And you know, we talked about it this morning in, in Suzuki's uh, memorial that, uh, you know, Suzuki was the source of, of so many Zen students. And now 75 Zen centers are related to Suzuki. Suzuki's teaching is right here with us in this branching stream, uh, you know, through Catherine, who's right here with us, side by side with Colbin, who's right here with us. So that's just, uh, that's just people that we can see the, there are the pictures of on the altar. Uh, but of course, uh, Suzuki would be the first to, um, to uh, uh, teach the teaching of his teacher and the, the generations, generations before his teacher. Uh, um, Kazan has a nice image of of this being like a, a needle and thread, you know, right here, this uh, pointy headed needle of Patrick is, uh, is moving, moving my lips uh, in, in the present. But, uh, but right behind me is a thread of ancestors going back to the seven Buddhas before Buddha that, uh, that are actually, um, that are actually uh, uh, making the sound coming out of out of these lips. Kazan says, therefore, it is said that Dharma succession transcends the three times and realization and experience pervade past and present. Because of this, a golden needle and a splendid thread are connected intimately. When you look carefully, what is other? What is self? You know, what is this, this other that is, um, that is sitting up here uh, with some Dharma words? And what is the self that is, um, that is uh, listening to the Dharma words? Neither slender thread nor sharp point appears. At this point, you get a seat and surely share that cushion together. Isn't that a great image? Two, 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 two nice metaphors of, of needle and thread. And then when, oh yeah, I'm, I'm part of this, this, this lineage of Dharma. I'm part of this, I like to think of it as sort of a wave, you know, we're this, we're sort of, you know, now the front wave, but, uh, but behind us is the entire ocean of, um, of our ancestors. Um, and so at, at that point, as we're sitting on the cushion, we're sitting on the cushion with uh, the entire ocean of ancestors, just to be sure I mix metaphors. 
I think that's a great, a great image. The other, the other um, point that Kazan wants to make with the story of Prajnatara, who meets her teacher in another lifetime, and finally in her present lifetime becomes the next Dharma heir. The other point is, uh, is about this listening to the Dharma, this receiving the Dharma, this preaching the Dharma. Um, we're, 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 we're listening to the Dharma with our, with our Buddha eyes. <laughs> we're listening to Dharma uh, while sitting on Mount Sumeru, as, as Lex Hickson said the other day, um, we, 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 might, um, we might come here on a Wednesday night from work or taking care of family or otherwise um, negotiating our day. And we might come here on a Wednesday night Maybe we've forgotten that all of our activities were atop Mount Sumeru. Um, so we come here a little bit tired, a little bit rushed so that we can be here on time for the first, um, for the first bell. And then when we come in after walking meditation and start that chant, um, Kazan reminds us that we're now Buddhas listening to Buddhas. There's just one mind here. It's not a, it's not a, a vessel filling up an empty vessel. It's one mind meeting, it's, it's one Buddha meeting another Buddha. It's our Buddha nature meeting Buddha nature. And, and we, we remember that, oh, oh yes, all that, that drive here, all that busyness today, that was, that was on Mount Sumeru too. Uh, this, the inside of this room kind of looks a little more like, like Mount Sumeru, so, so now I remember. But it's, it's, it's Buddha mind meeting, meeting Buddha mind. Um, this is the way. This is the way Kazan describes it. Sentient beings are Buddha nature. Buddha nature is sentient beings. He makes that very clear that uh, there's, there's only Buddhas in this room. Um, this one does not enter things from outside and that one does not convey the Dharma from inside. Though the two are distinguished in this way, ultimately there is no difference in the multiplicity. So uh, I, I think that's a, that's a nice clear reference to this is, 
Buddha transmitting to Buddha. Buddha uh, in in the in the um, in the transmission ceremony. At, at some point, um, the the um, the teacher and the disciple are side by side um, doing prostrations. And for the first group of prostrations, the teacher has her zagu, the bowing mat, overlapping on top of the disciple's zagu, expressing that relationship of um, teacher and disciple. And the very next group of bows, the disciples uh, Zagu is overlapping on top of the teachers, meaning uh, we're transmitting the Dharma in all directions, in the 10 directions uh, right now. No, no upper, lower, the Dharma is just flinging in all directions. And, uh, and that's, that's how it is, you know, in uh, he, uh, um, Kazan is, is talking about um, the specific transmission between Punyamitra and Prajnatara, but, uh, but this, this, um, this um, transmission of Dharma, the learning, the discussing, the, um, uh, you know, all of that is called turning the Dharma wheel, um, this activity of the flow of Dharma. And, and we're, we're doing that uh, together in this lecture. Uh, the Dharma wheel is, is running like a racehorse when we're doing our nine bows in the morning and chanting together. We're turning the Dharma wheel together. Um, uh, um, Kazan wants us to know that that image of their first meeting many lifetimes ago. Um, uh, Prajnatara says, yes, I remember. Uh, you were bathing the environment with your Prajna light and I was chanting the Heart Sutra. That um, there was um, uh, an enlightened mind meeting, um, uh, Lexicon calls it um, liberating wisdom. Enlightened mind meeting liberating wisdom. Yes. The successor is always a full expression of liberating wisdom, a beautiful form of the Prajna Paramita Sutra, from which the um, Heart Sutra is a part of the Prajna Paramita Sutra. Um, Kazan's great Dharma grandparent, Dogen, tells us the same thing. 
in a few different places. Uh, the Genjo Koan, you might remember the line. I'll get it exactly. Well, I won't get it. Uh, I won't get it exactly because I can't find it. But it's a, it's the line about um, maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, I can get some help from from uh, uh, when you first when you first meet Dharma, you think that there's something missing, but uh, actually the full radiant light of Dharma is already being ex expressed. That last part is my paraphrase. Uh, when you first see Dharma, do you imagine you're far away from it somehow? Yes, yes, yes. Dharma is already correctly transmitted to the fourth paragraph. Of the, of what page? Uh, page 20. When you first seek Dharma, as Liz has reminded us, you imagine that you are far away when you're when you're um, when you're rushing here on Wednesday night to get here on time, you've come from far away, perhaps, uh, uh, and you think that I need to get to this top of Mount Sumeru here on School Street to uh, to to really know the Dharma. Uh, when you first seek Dharma, you imagine that you're far away from it, but Dharma is already correctly transmitted. You are already your original self. Um, uh, this is what Kazan means by sentient beings are Buddha nature and Buddha nature is sentient beings. This is what um, Lex Hickson means when he says that uh, the Dharma air is already liberating wisdom, taking the form of the Heart Sutra. Dogen, uh, Dogen says it again, and I can't help myself. He says it again in, uh, in the fascicle, the moon, which I like so much. In fact, uh, Lex Hickson, uh, uh, calls this chapter. He he he, he names each each transmission uh, 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 by a something different, a, a poetic line from the Dharma. He calls this uh, this Punyamitra to Prajnatara transmission. Moonlight swallows moonlight, which we talked we talked about a few days ago. And this is a Dogen, from Dogen, from Dogen's uh, essay fascicle called The Moon. Um, Dogen quotes um, a Chinese uh, teacher, a Chinese Chan master. The mind moon is alone and full. 
its light follows myriad forms. Moonlight does not illuminate objects. Objects do not exist. Light and objects both disappear. What is this? Then Dogen comments on this line. What is said here is that Buddha ancestors and Buddha heirs, um, Suzuki is one of our Buddha ancestors, Catherine is one of our Buddha ancestors, we are Buddha heirs. What is said here is that Buddha ancestors and Buddha heirs always have the mind moon because they make moon their mind. And you know, moon is, 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 a, is a metaphor for enlightenment. Uh, our, our minds are already moon. Uh, so the ancestors in the room, the heirs in the room, all have the moon mind, the mind moon, because they're they make the moon their mind. There is no mind that is not moon. This making business is that, um, is that right effort, is that zeal. Uh, uh, it's already the moon. Uh, so it's effortless for us to just throw back our shoulders, straighten our spine, and uh, remember our moon mind, abide in the light, the moonlight of our moon mind. There is no mind that is not moon, and there is no moon that is not mind. He goes on to comment about this line, um, uh, the moon light swallows myriad forms. He says, myriad forms are moonlight, not merely forms. That's us sitting here with our moon mind. We're already moonlight, not just forms. Accordingly, its light swallows myriad forms. Myriad forms completely swallow moonlight. Here is moonlight swallowing moonlight. This is um, our practice, remembering the moonlight, the moon mind that is nothing but our mind. Um, meeting Buddha after Buddha with, with our mutual moon minds, with our mutual Buddha nature. We do it here so easily atop Mount Sumeru here in the Zendo. Um, uh, sometimes that, that tapestry of ancestors that are always with us need to um, need to um, pull our robes a little bit 
to remember that uh, we're driving our cars atop Mount Sumeru, to remember that we're raising our children atop Mount Sumeru, to remember that we're um, doing our work at the office atop Mount Sumeru, but we're always with our moon mind. We're always with this tapestry of Buddhas and ancestors from the eons before Shakyamuni Buddha. They're always sharing our cushion with us. This is the lesson that, um, that Kazan wants us to hear today about the transmission of Punyatara. He closes with a poem. This is, this is Kazan's. Moonlight reflected in the bottom of the pond is bright in the sky. The water reaching to the sky is totally clear and pure. Though you scoop it up repeatedly and try to know it, vast, clarifying all, it remains unknown. He wants us to know that, you know, maybe this water in the pond we might think of as his earthly form uh, and the vast sky is emptiness, Buddha mind, you know, where moonlight really comes from. But he wants us to know that the water is reaching clear to the sky, totally clear and pure. There's no separation between, between this, this water and sky, this, this endless river, this sourceless river that Suzuki that Suzuki um, describes is uh, uh, comes to us from the boundless, the boundless uh, open space of wisdom. Though you try to know it, I mean we're studying hard here. Though you try to know it, vast, clarifying all, it remains unknown unknown in the sense of uh, what words can really describe the 12 or 15 of us sitting here with one mind in the room, and yet we know it completely again and again. Uh, we know this mind, we come back to it again and again at six in the morning at noontime, at, uh, at six in the evening, those deep breaths we take when we, uh, when we are driving our car, um, we come back to this moon mind again and again. We know it, we know it intimately.
May we continue to know the moonlight of our mind, the moonlight that's around us at all times. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to end them. The way is unsurpassable. I vow to end them.